Well, good morning, Heights family. Y'all doing well this morning? Beautiful spring day. What a, what a great morning we've had, haven't we? As a matter of fact, we, we're kind of coming to the end of a tremendous weekend uh, that we've had here at the Heights. I know some of y'all were involved, some of you ladies, Friday night, Saturday night, we had the Lisa Turkhurst Women's Conference here, and uh, obviously she has a, a great ministry and had a great ministry with us here this weekend, but I, I tell you what I was so excited about is just watching so many of you, our women's ministry team, all the volunteers uh, that just made it such a special weekend, not just ministering to the the ladies here of our church, but from all over our state, North Carolina, D.C., Maryland, I mean, ladies from everywhere. This house was packed. I mean, no seats, flowers in the men's urinals. Um, It was crazy. It's crazy when all that estrogen takes over. So, uh, but it, it was a tremendous weekend and man, then to be here and see all these young people worshiping all the generations together, isn't that exciting? Man, praise the Lord. We, you know what? I, I, it sounds so self-serving when the pastor says it, but don't we have a great church here? Man, aren't you grateful for what we enjoy and experience week in and, and week out? I, I know I am certainly grateful. Man, you know, growing up, I, I heard a lesson in youth group that, that I know y'all heard. Heard it multiple times in middle school, heard it multiple times in high school. I mean, it's kind of a very big youth group type lesson. But while it's a, a lesson we aim a lot at youth... It, it doesn't stop being an issue when we get out of school. And, and when, I got out of, when I got out of school, went to college, I think that's when I really first started noticing how, how powerful that lesson was in my life. And it's just that simple idea that we're influenced by the people around us, right? Uh, people we choose to be around us, people we don't choose to be around us. I mean, we're influenced. Those voices, those relationships impact our lives, our walk with the Lord. When I was at, at A&M, I had two very distinctive groups of friends, two groups that I spent a lot of time with. One was Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, a, a Christian ministry, campus ministry throughout the country, and uh, was very big at A&M. And man, when I was, when I was hanging around those friends, man, I, I, I wanted to talk about the Lord, know the Lord, serve the Lord. I wanted to serve the Lord. I, I wanted to go out with them and, and in our campus and ended up in 1985 going to the Soviet Union. I mean, I went in the communism, man, sharing Jesus Christ. That's that's the impact they had on my life. Another group that I spent a lot of time with was, was the track and field team. And, and when, I, when I was with that group of friends, it wasn't so much all that other stuff. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? And, and I'm not saying this group over here was bad people. Oh, they were evil people. They were leading me to do horrible. No, it really wasn't that. It's just when I was with this group, it was, it was really about the Lord. And with this one... Not so much. You know, again, we can't always choose whose, whose voices we're going to be listening to, can we? We can some. We, we can make that choice some. But, but we really can't choose. I mean, you can't choose who's at work, right? Can't choose who's walking up and down the hallway at school. You can't choose who's on the team. But if, if we're aware of what's going on 
if, if we're aware of the impact on our lives and the seriousness it can have in our lives, you know, we can choose on purpose which voice has the winning influence, which relationships have the winning influence on our lives. And we're going to look today, folks, at, a, at a, just a huge moment in, in the life of the Israelites. And it really came down to who, who we listen to. And, and how, we, how they affect us. Would you turn with me this morning to Numbers chapter 13 and 14. Numbers, fourth book into the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers uh, there. And if you're using a Bible app and want to read along in the same translation version that I'm using, I'm reading out of the English standard today. Uh, but Numbers 13 and 14. And the reason that we're here, uh, especially for maybe those of you that are, are new to our, our family here, uh, we are doing a series this year working through the entire Bible. Now, when I say the entire Bible, I don't necessarily mean every single page, but in 42 messages, we're going to pretty much see the whole Bible, the key events, the main areas, the main people, the, the big things we need to know and believe. And in 42 weeks, we're going to kind of walk through the entire Bible. And that walkthrough has us today in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. So that's why we're here. That's why we're reading this. Look at chapter uh, 13, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 25. Numbers 13, verse 25. It says, at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they, and they told him, we, we came to the land to which you sent us. It really does flow with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And, and, and the cities are fortified and they're very large. And besides, we saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites and Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Drop down to chapter 14, verse 1. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Let me say it again, folks. We are, we are all surrounded by voices. Some we choose and, and some we do not. But understand, those voices have a huge impact on whether you and I faithfully follow the Lord. In a moment, I just said, you know, the people around us impact our lives. Kind of honing in now. The voices, the people around us are going to have a significant impact on whether you follow the Lord and enjoy the blessings that He has for you. 
Folks, this isn't an idea to ponder. It is something impacting your life right this minute. Your walk with the Lord, the last seven days, since we were here last together, your walk with the Lord was impacted by these voices. I mean, this is reality. I mean, you can just kind of go ahead right now in your own mind and just, who are, who are the faces, who are the names in your life, at work, school, the neighborhood, on the team, at the club? You know, who are, you know, who are the ones, man, when I'm around them, I, I love the Lord a little more, I pursue the Lord a little more, I'm interested in the things of God a little more. When I'm around this group, not as much, Right? Every one of us has that. There's nobody in here who doesn't have these two lists. And and we're all impacted by it. And by the way, the thrust of this message is not how you stay. Oh, these are the bad, wicked people. Stay away from them. No, that's that's not really where we're going today. Matter of fact, I can't even control the reality of some of these people in my lives. But they're both there. And they're impacting whether I'm going to be faithful to God or not. Isn't, don't people around us have a lot of power? That's a significant thing in our lives, whether I'm faithful to the Lord or not. So our, our Israelites have marched up and they are now at the boundary of, of the promised land. Do you realize what a, a monumental moment this is right here that we just read? You know, if you have been with us through 2019, you remember now several weeks back we got, we got introduced to a guy named Abraham, right? And God said, Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this land. I'm going to give you this land and all your descendants are going to dwell here and you're, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And, and then Abraham had a, a son named Isaac. And, and God came to Isaac and, and said, I, you know, what I told your dad, I'm now telling you this is, this is all going to be yours. This is the land that I promise. Right? That's why we call it the promised land. I, this is the land I promise to give you. And then Isaac had a son named Jacob. And God came to Jacob and said, I promise this is going to be your land. And there's, you're going to be made a great nation here and and so Abraham, Isaac and Jacob have received this land as a promise. Now, Jacob, Jacob and his family, they were living there in the land and there was a a famine. A pretty severe. It went on for a long time and and one of the family members, a guy by the name of Joseph was over in Egypt and really honestly just doing pretty well. And he called dad up and said, "You know, I, th- I think I can take care of all of you." And, and so pretty soon Jacob packs up the whole family and, and they leave the promised land to head to Egypt where they, where they can eat. I mean, it really came down to something as simple as that, where we can survive. And, and so they, they went to Egypt and, and they began to live there. When Jacob packed up his family, they, they moved over to Egypt about 75 strong. Good sized family, right? There are about, about 75 of them. Well, they, they live in Egypt and things are going fine. But, you know, times change and memories change. And pretty soon, while, while the people of the, the Israelites had kind of started well in Egypt, it, it kind of went downhill from there. And it wasn't long before the Egyptians enslaved them. So, so they couldn't go home. They, they, they couldn't go back to the promised land. And they knew, they knew there was a God they knew supposedly this God loved them and had this great plan and this, this promised land. 
But you know, we're, we're talking like four centuries now. It was over 400 years ago that, that Jacob packed up his family and they, they moved to Egypt. And uh, we've been walking through the story that, that brought them out of Egypt. And Moses has now led them. And man, they're about to go, about to go home. That's a big moment, isn't it? That's a special moment. And, and so Moses, under the direction of the Lord, uh, uh, appoints some people to kind of go in and spy out the land. He appoints one person from each of the 12 tribes. So a group of 12 is going to go in there. Why are they doing that? Well, I think Moses wanted them to really be genuinely excited about what was to happen. I mean, you know, have you ever noticed that the older you get, the harder it is to get excited? Because you've gotten excited a lot and been what? Disappointed. It's going to be the greatest vacation ever. And then your wallet is stolen and... The room has bed bugs and it just kind of spirals down. And, you know, I mean, we just, we do this, you build up to the greatest thing ever, the greatest thing ever. And, and guess what? A lot of things really don't prove to be the greatest thing ever. You know, we've been talking about this promised land for a long time. Do we have, has anybody been there? And do you know what the answer was? No. Not, not a single one of them. Moses had never been in the promised land. So Moses sends me, hey guys, bring back the milk and honey. Bring back the fruit. Bring back the report. And, and so these 12 spies go in. And, and of course, there's probably a little strategizing going on here too, right? I mean, you know, hey, when we, when, when we crossed the million, remember they left 75 strong. They're returning home 2 million strong. And you got 2 million people. You, where do we park? Right? I mean, when you go over there, find out where we park. Where do you camp with two million people? How, where are we going to enter the land? How are we going to move throughout the land? You know, we need we need kind of get some gears on here on where we're going. And and so they do that, and they go in. They're in there for forty days. They come back out, and and man, they they give a truthful report. Guys, no kidding. We're not going to be let down. It really it really is like milk and honey. And, and they're showing produce and they're talking about the land and how incredible it was. But, but then somewhere it kind of switched. T- ten of the twelve said, hang on, I'll tell you something, man. It was, it was awesome, but I'm going to be honest with you. When we were driving through town, I was kind of afraid. I'm going to be honest, it's real scary. They're big. Everything's big in the promised land. They're giant cities and there's, there's giant walls and there, there's giant people. And they just kind of, all of a sudden, the report kind of got overwhelmed with fear. Not, not, not what God was going to do, not what was there, but, but fear. And, in, and instead of giving a report of faith in God, they, they started to give a report of, of the fear of people. Boy, that's real. That happens every day. It goes on in all of our lives. We're, we're grown in the Lord. We're excited about the Lord. And then we get out in the world. No, we don't believe like that. No, we don't. Oh, I Oh, and it seems real big when they're telling us they don't believe like that. And maybe I'm not so smart to believe that way and think that way. They didn't think about, hey, wait a minute. God, God had promised us this. You, you know, folks, honestly, what the ten spies were saying was not a lie. It wasn't wrong. They, they, were, they were communicating some very legitimate issues. Man, we're, you know, we're walking along here with our, our sheep and our women and our children. And man, there's armies in there. And they look like they know what they're doing. 
And they're well fortified. How are we going to walk in there and do this? And, and they're, they're presenting some legitimate concerns other than reminding the people that, hey, we're acting on the promises of God. Folks, the promises of God are bigger than the problems of the world. The, the promises of God are bigger than the problems of the world. Now, a little time out here. We do have to make sure we're acting on the promises of God, right? I don't declare what the promises of God are. God's word declares what the promises of God are. I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, I've listened to people come in and say, well, you know, God has blessed me and God has provided for me and this is what God is is doing in my life. And they start to describe something that that is an exact contradiction to what scripture says. And I'm trying to say, you know, the Lord didn't provide that. No, that's not... That's not what the Lord is doing. He doesn't, that, that's not how that works. We can't declare, oh, I'm believing on God to do that. Hey, listen, we can believe on God and trust God for things that are not black and white in print in Scripture. But what God's held accountable for is His promises. Okay, if there's no promise, you've you, you got to be a little more, listen, if there's no promise, I might be listening to the ten. But with the promise of God, you walk with the two. With the promises of God. Man, we're going in there counting on what God is going to do, not on what we're going to do. And Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that that say, come on, well, let me tell you what they said. We don't have to listen to me tell you what they said. Look at verse 8. Chapter 14, verse 8. It says, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and he's going to give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bread for us. That's a, that's a different phrase, isn't it? <laughs> hey man, you my bread. Okay. Their, their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Joshua and Caleb say, come on, guys. Man, yeah, it, it, everything they said is true. Big cities, big walls, big people. There's armies. They're prepared. But, man, God's promised. We're not going in there on our strength. We're going in there on God's strength. We're, we're going to go in there. Let, let, let's do this. And they say, no, let's kill you. Man, folks, Listen. I'll tell you something, don't see this as some far off Old Testament story. This is going on in your life right now, today. Don't kill the Joshua's and Caleb's in your life. Make them your best friends, right? Watch out from pulling away from those who encourage you to trust the Lord. From those who encourage you and say, hey man, what does God say? Hey, let's look at God's word. Hey, let's pray about this. Watch out. Do you know we do that? We've all done it. I'm not saying you're doing it right now. Maybe you are. But we've all done it. Sometimes, honestly, folks, I want what I'm afraid of. I want my desires. I want my sin. And I don't want you telling me differently. So what do we do? Start to back away a little bit. I, 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 don't, I don't want the voices of the Lord in my life. I don't want those that are going to encourage me that way. So, we, we just, man, we see this all the time in church, don't we? 
And we see friends, and they're, they're there, and they're active, and they're faithful, and they're involved, and, and they're growing in the Lord, and then pretty soon a fear overwhelms, or maybe they just want something different in life, and, and I, you know what? I don't want you challenging me. I don't want you praying for me, and so what do I start? I just start backing away, and pretty soon we don't know where, oh, they left the church mad. And then we find out a year or two later, that, that really wasn't it. It wasn't anything about the church. They just didn't want that voice in their lives. Folks, find the Joshua's and Caleb's in your life and don't ever get rid of them, no matter how uncomfortable they make you feel. Make, make it like, I don't know, the highest priority in your life to have the Joshua's and the Caleb's, the people that are going to say, come on, man, let, let's do this because we got to watch out for our nature. Our nature wants the fear. Our, our nature wants the desire. We want those reports. They kind of keep us moving in the direction we, we kind of want to go. Where what I really need is somebody to say, hey man, be strong. Be courageous. Trust in the Lord. That, that's what we need in our lives. So they're, they're there and, and they, they reject what they've been talking about for 400 years. How do you do that? And so God says, oh, okay, uh, I, I didn't read this part, but if you continue reading in chapter 14, God says, okay, you don't, you don't want my blessing, you don't want my, my promise, you just lost it. Nobody in here is going into the promised land. Well, not nobody. Everybody over the age of 20. All, all of you over the age of 20, no adult in this room. The little ones, they didn't make that decision, they just stuck living with you. And that's what he says. Everybody 20 and under, I'll bring you back here in 40 years. Why 40? Where did you get that number, Lord? Why 40 years? One year for every day. One year for every day that you walked in my blessing. You walked in my promises and you walked out and rejected it. Folks, is this just some, oh, it's a neat Old Testament story. What am I supposed to? Folks, this is right now today. And we walk among the worship of God. We know. I know the presence of something special was there. Man, I've tasted the sweetness of God's word. I read it. Some of it I don't like. Some of it I don't understand. Some of it's telling me to stop doing things I want to do. But when I read it, I know there's something right here. I know there's something good here. I know there's something for my life. I enjoy the worship. I hear the sound of God's word. I enjoy the fellowship of God's people. And then what do we do? We, we see something, we get afraid, and we, we start pulling away, and we say, I don't want it. God said, I, I, I put out before you my goodness. I put out before you the blessing, and you, you chose to back away. So none of you will enter the promised land. You're going to wander around in the desert. For 40 years. Till y'all die. You realize that? Okay, the next thing on the agenda is my death. (laughs) Some of them will die of natural causes. Some of them will not die of natural causes. But we're not coming back to this spot until every adult in here is dead. I'll bring your kids. See, God's going to keep his promise. God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your descendants will have this land. He didn't say which descendants, did he? Yeah, you know, folks, even when God makes a promise, the, the promised receivers have to step up and receive it, right? The, the promised receivers have to step in. You can reject God's promise. You can reject his goodness. You've you got to step up and, 
and receive it. So let's just kind of get to where we're going here, folks. And I'm, I'm repeating myself now, but I, I mean, you look at what's going on because this is real life. This is going on with us. It's going on, I bet, with some of you. You've got a family member right now that I'm describing perfectly. You've got a friend right now. And maybe you know in your heart, I mean, you're sitting in here this morning, but honestly, it's been like six weeks since you were here and it might be nine, ten weeks before you're back. I mean, you're right now, you're that one in the middle of pulling away. Even though you've been there, you've tasted, you've seen, you, you, you know. This is, this is real life. So I need to be, you need to be asking myself, who do I have in my life that is going to challenge me with God's word, that is going to challenge me with God's promises as we talk about life together, as we live life together? Man, who is going to come alongside me and say, Randy, come on, man. We don't, we don't think like that. We don't, we don't do that. Come on, man. You know we do this. Man, hey, let's tell you what. Let's get in God's word together. Let's pray together. Let's go get help. But this isn't the path God wants for you. Do you have that face in your mind right now that would strongly speak into your life and that you would let them? You might have somebody that'll speak strongly into your life, but you, you're, you're like the, t- let's stone them. Okay. That doesn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count if you're trying to kill that person. Okay. Who do you have in your life that, that, that will speak to you like this? Folks, the reason this is so important <laughs> is because we're all surrounded by voices and relationships, Right. They're they're, they're surrounding. There's never a moment of your life where the voices are not speaking. The the radio, the TV, conversation in the hallway, conversation. You're not even involved in the conversation. It's just just going on over there in the other cubicle. And and I mean, these were when you're silent all by yourself, those conversations are running through your head and they're going to impact whether you follow the Lord to the finish line. They're going to impact, and they may impact, folks, because of a decision you make, there may be others that are kind of trapped with you. It's not just you that are now going to wander. You're going to lead a family into that wandering. You're going to lead a close friend because you have a lot of impact on that friend, and that friend's going to follow you now into 40 years of, of wandering. Remember, it's my nature, it's your nature to quit on the Lord. It's not our nature to have faith. It's not our nature to believe. It's our nature to quit on the Lord. It's our nature to follow our fears. It's our nature to follow our desires. It's our nature to want the sin. And we all have plenty of voices that will say, go with the sin, right? There's no, I don't have to find those voices. They're there. Who are the voices that are saying, no, man, come on. Come on, let's do this. We, we can do this together. Folks, this is a constant theme of Scripture. It's, it's a story right here in the, in the Old Testament, but it is a theme that runs throughout Scripture. Look up here on the, on the screen. I want to just throw a couple of verses at you just so that you see what a, a theme this is. First Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. And if you know Thessalonians and you, up, oh, go back to Thessalonians. Don't, don't switch so quick there. Uh, if you know Thessalonians, if you know the writings of Paul, you can add three words to the end of that sentence, in the Lord. 
Okay, this isn't just about finding positive, encouraging people in your life. It's about finding people who will positively encourage you and build you in the Lord. The more I'm in that relationship, the more I love God. The more I'm in that relationship with that person, the more I want to do for God. The more I'm in that relationship, the things that used just to scare me or weird me out about serving the Lord. Man, when I'm around them, when I'm around that group, I want to, I want to do it even more. We build, we encourage in the Lord. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews 10. Now, this passage right here may be the very center of the whole message today. This passage goes right with what just happened here, okay? I got all these voices in my life. Hold fast the confession of our hope. Man, that's what I want to do, don't you? I mean, I'm assuming. For the most part, if you're sitting in here this morning, if you're sitting out there at our Midlothian campus, you're, I, I want to remain faithful to the Lord. I want to hold on to what I believe. I want to hold on to Jesus until he returns. I, I want to do, so how do I do that? How do I remain faithful in a world that is never going to encourage me to follow the Lord? How do I hold on? Well, you know what you do? You build yourself a bunch of relationships where you stir one another up to love. You stir one another up to do good. Hey, isn't that kind of what we're trying to do here at the Heights? The whole life is better connected thing. The whole love 804, what is that love and good works, right? You stir, you know, stir. It doesn't just say every now and then, hey, you ought to do that. No, stir. We use a phrase called stir in the pot, right? Man, who in my life is stirring the pot so that love and good works come out? Am I building those kind of relationships? Not neglecting, well, that's what we were just talking about, pulling away, right? I, I don't want those voices. Stone them. No, 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 no. Don't neglect meeting together. You know, in interesting study today. Go home and Google church attendance trends. You know, we go to church a lot less today. And we're not just talking about people who were never committed to begin with. The most committed people go to church a lot less. That is the trend in America. We just don't go as much. I, I can get it online. I can listen to all kinds of people, listen to all kinds of music online. I mean, I, that, that's good if all church is, is listening. If all church is, is listening to a speaker or to music, then, then yeah, you can, you can do that online and probably do a lot better than what you get here. But that doesn't always stir me up, right? And you see, the less I'm here, and by the way, I'm not... I'm not challenging, debating whether you, somebody, has a good reason or a bad reason for not being. We have all kinds of reasons we're not going to be here next Sunday. Some of them are very good. Nobody would bat an eye at it. But you know what? The less I'm here, how many great relationships do you have with people that you see? I mean, if you can count how many times you see them, you don't have great relationships, do you? I mean, really, to put myself in a position where somebody can stir me up, that's got to be a person I'm around a lot, right? That's got to be a person that I, that I trust. You see, the, the less I'm here, the less I have an opportunity to really build, what? Relationships that encourage one another. You see, folks, church isn't just a building and services, it's the building and the services that become the rally point for what we're building in one another. What we're building with one another. And all the more we ought to be doing that. Oh, look at that. There's a finish line. 
There is actually, you know, we're, we're moving in a direction. We're going somewhere. There's a, there's a finish line and it's getting, I mean, every day we're a little closer, right? Hey, you know what? It might be 2,000 more years away, but we're seven days closer than the last day we met. It might be this week. That seven days closer may be out of 14. Look at the next one. Read this verse, Ecclesiastes. Read it more in a spiritual sense than a physical. Two are better than one. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to the person who is alone when his faith falters. Hey, listen, we can all go through a time where I'm not sure what God is doing. I like what God is doing. I can't believe what God is doing. We're, we're all, hey, listen, if you're walking with the Lord somewhere along the way, you're just going to be disappointed. You can't tell. You can't connect. The, woe to you if you're by yourself when that happens. Woe to you if you're just following trends and you just don't really need to go that often. You don't need to go. Just be there periodically. Sit in the crowd. Man, woe to you if you're alone when your faith falters. Woe to you if you're alone when the blow comes that really challenges what it means to be a Christian and why you're even doing this. And, and, no, and nobody's there to pick you up. Is this real? You know, it's interesting. This week, was it this week that the report came out? That with all of the ways that we engage with people through social media, there is a rapid growth in loneliness in America. We're lonely. Through social media, we're connected to more people, keeping up with more people than ever before. And loneliness is consuming us. We're all alone when our faith falters. Folks, that's why God gave us the church. That's why I said don't, don't neglect getting together. You need to be here enough that you're actually building relationships with one another. Hebrews, exhort one another every, every day. Wait a minute, every day? I, well, eh, hmm. You know why? Because the other voices are speaking every day. There's not a single day they take a break. Not one day. In many cases, not one hour. There's not one hour they take a break from telling you, eh, we're not doing this anymore. Uh, I, I would, are you sure you can trust that? Those voices never take a break. Exhort one another as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin because that's my weakness, that's my nature. I can be deceived. I can actually think that Egypt, where I was enslaved, has more to offer me than God's promises. I'm, I actually can do that. I can actually say, oh, the, the sin gives me what I want right this minute and not realize I'm just enslaved myself to death. Now, you know, one thing, as we went through these four verses right here, you may have picked up, you know, as I started the message off, it was really about, do I have relationships that are encouraging me? But, you know, if, you, if you're actually being obedient to these passages, it's not just about me being in a position where I can be encouraged. It's also about me doing it for others, right? Hey, if I'm not here... If I'm not building any relationship, then I can't encourage anybody. I can't do what I've been told to do. Some of that, these relationships may be me with somebody who really, they have a lot more encouragement in my life than I have theirs. I may have some relationships where I do a lot more encouraging in their life than they do in mine. And we'll have some mutual relationships, right? 
We're just mutually equally. Sometimes they pick me up. Sometimes I pick them up. But the relationships are there. And it's so important we get them there, folks, because so much is riding on the line. I mean, you realize when you walk out of here, nine out of ten voices, and that's being generous, it's probably like more like 9.8 of the voices in your life are telling you to quit on God, are telling you to be afraid to read this and be afraid to try to obey it because it'll make you look bad in the world. You say, nine, nine out of ten, why, why are you talking about my friends? That Well, I'm not, I'm not just talking about your friends. I'm not making a judgment about your friends. I'm talking about all the voices that are out there. I mean, folks, your friends, your enemies. I mean, we hear our enemies talking. A lot of times you and I have put this Lord on the shelf in a particular group, in a particular environment, because the enemy's voices, right? It's friends, it's enemies, it's, it's the news, it's popular opinion, it's culture, it's our magazines, it's our websites, it's, it's all of that are the voices, and they will this week do everything they can to get you to choose the wilderness. You might walk into that wilderness alone. But you might actually drag some others with you. You might drag a family. You might drag a friend away from God's blessings and promise. And just to wander around in lostness and wilderness. Not go, you realize what God said to him? You're going to wander around until you're just dead. You're going to wander around lost until you're dead. Do you know, while there's all those voices out there, you know, folks, you and I live among people who are wandering around lost until they're dead. Are we listening to the report of those who gave a bad report? Are we giving a report of faith in God or a report of fear in people? Do you realize how much is riding on the line here? And it really, a lot of it just comes down to what are the voices? What are the relationships I'm building? Here's the key word, on purpose. What are the, the relationships and the voices I'm building into my life on purpose? Because I want the promised land. I want to live in God's blessings. I, w- I want to lead my family and my friends to, to live there with me, Right? I don't want to wander around lost. Don't count this as a story deep in the Old Testament in a book called Numbers. You're going to live this story this week. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray as we walk through the Bible this year, we just over and over, we just keep asking ourselves, God, why'd you put this story here? Help us to realize, Lord, that no, no verse, no chapter, no story is there randomly. It's there because you wanted me, you wanted us to interact with it on March 24th, 2019. And if I'm sitting in here, if I'm watching online, you wanted me to interact with this and to stop and think about the relationships in my life, the voices in my life, what's there on purpose, what is not there on purpose, but I can't do anything about it. And and to think, have I built the right relationships that will encourage me to go all the way to the finish line? 
Lord, I can't, I can't imagine anybody in this room, out at Midlothian, watching online, I can't imagine any of us can listen to this and say, ah, got nothing to do. Lord, just really open our eyes and our ears as we walk through this week. And I, I pray we would really grow in a devotion and a commitment and an understanding. And I really need to be building some voices, some relationships on purpose in my life. God, I'm grateful for the Heights Baptist, a place that stirs me up to love. A place that stirs me up to go out there and do good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.